What's up, Dash fam? Welcome back to another episode of Taking Sides Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Dallin, and this is my co-host, Ashley. Hello. Man, it's good to be here with Mabu, mm-hmm. answering some of your guys' questions. You guys, it is bright and early in the morning. We are unshowered, and if you could see us, it would be a picture to behold. We sit before you, <laughs> freshly awoken from our slumber. Um... But we are here, man. And it's cold. It's cold. It's cold outside. It's um, gone like ooh, down the this 50s podcast last is going to get really good. I feel like the winter taking sides podcasts are always this a little bit Ashley better. This is when Ashley gets sassy. This, this is, is sassy winter, Ashley comes out. Cold weather brings with it a new level of snarkiness that I don't know I have within me until I feel cold and hopeless in the winter. Mm-hmm. And I just turn into just a, a witty, snarky. I, f- I feel like probably entertaining creature, but also I rub people, a lot of people the wrong way who think I should be more grateful and happy and less selfish because hmm. a woman should never be unhappy, ungrateful or selfish. Never. Never. That's not your lot in life to be able it's to not have my those right. feelings. Woman, <laughs> my, my legal property. <laughs> jokes <laughs> jokes ron or i keep calling him ron swanson nick offerman in his book he refers to as what they have like a hilarious relationship they I seem like, like so funny but he refers to her as his property <laughs> because they're so comfortable with each other they can totally they joke down like and, and i it's make hilarious. jokes like this all the time because it's how it used to be and it's ridiculous and, and we so get, we like making jokes about but, it to bring it to light in a funny way but also because it actually s- used to be like we that. get so many comments that proved to us that those thoughts are still alive and well. Especially in the older generation. Especially regarding how I comport myself yeah. and how I dress myself and how I should work harder to please Dallin. And and for me, like people say, do you even have a real job? Do you even like, why are you just at home all the time? Shouldn't you? And then stuff like that. And I mean, they have good intentions. That's why we got that, the trailer. It's all that they know. We got the trailer so we could respond to people and be like, we literally could not have been approved to buy this trailer if we did not have a real job. Yeah. No, this is just, uh, it's funny. And, but people are always doing the best they can with the understanding they have at the time. Which sometimes makes the, them big jerks. Which sometimes makes them really inconsiderate. Uh, yeah, unempathetic uh, people. I don't want to sound too nice because I think a lot of people are just jerky. Yeah, but I because think, they think they're right in their own mind. Think, Everybody thinks they're right in their own mind or else they wouldn't say what they say. And it's just hard to work with people who are kind of closed-minded like that, you know? Right. So, Let us all walk around saying to ourselves, I'm doing this the right way for me but it might not be the right way for anyone else in this world. And that's okay. And that's okay. But also if it's literally not the right way for one other person in the world, then you might wonder <laughs> a little bit. On to the questions. Okay. We got a first one here called ex love advice. I think we have a friend here who's got feelings for their ex. Okay. Hello, I'm Riley. Oh, she says we can use her name. I'm surprised. Good thing. And, Cause uh, we already did. Good job, Riley. Uh, Good job putting yourself out there. There's a lot of Rileys out there. I guess I was wondering if she was with somebody else, but still having feelings for her ex, then I probably wouldn't want to put my name out there. But let's just see. I listen to you all the time as I'm walking on the treadmill. Well, your name is different than Riley. What do you mean? If I were to be like randomly listening to a new podcast and I heard someone be like, all right, we have a listener here named Dallin. (laughs) I'd be like, what the? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Anyways. 
I listen to your podcast all the time while I'm walking on the treadmill and I finally realized I have an issue that I would love your advice about. I started dating a really awesome guy my senior year of high school. We were always together, best friends, moved in together and lived together throughout college. Maybe she wants him to hear this and and hopes that he listens to the podcast too. Dallin and I sometimes think about like we feel sad for not knowing each other in high school. That would have been fun. And I hear stories like this and I'm like, oh, that could have been us. We could have done college together Mm -hmm. and just like not been married in college, but like just always had a boo. That would have been really cool. Instead of always looking for a boo. Moved in together, lived together throughout college. It wasn't always peachy, but we had true love and we went through a lot together. My anxiety, full-time school, two jobs, as well as neither of us knowing who we were due to being young, led him asking me to move out after four years of dating and it was a nasty breakup. Since then, we have both gotten into new relationships and are both content and in love. But my ex and I recently talked and realized that we both still have dreams about each other and think of each other often. He expressed multiple times that he would want to be with me again and that his mom tells him if it's right, they'll come back to you. I said we just have to live our lives and see what happens. But maybe we are just looking at it as the grass is always greener and only remembering the good things. I'm happy now and I'm just feeling stuck and not sure how to feel. So she is with somebody else right now. Is she or is she just happy? She said that we are both in new relationships and both content and in love. Oh. So Riley's just really putting herself out there. And maybe we are just looking at the grass is always greener and only remembering the good things. I am happy now and I'm just feeling stuck and not sure how to feel. It makes me question everything and mess with my mind. Love would love your thoughts on this. Sorry that was so long. LOL. This is like that moment. Y'all are great. Love your videos and podcasts. Thank you, Riley. This is like this that moment in Bachelor in Paradise. You can learn everything from Bachelor in Paradise. When Kaylin and Dean, she falls hard for Dean and Dean is like, I can't. I have to leave. I hate it here. And she, and, he, and he asks her to come with Well, it. no, he feels the relationship getting too strong with Kaylin. So he leaves because he's mm-hmm. afraid of commitment, right? He leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, if you watched his season, you'll know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kaylin dead. then has no one. And magically, Blake comes onto the beach. Just a kind, good Literally boy, sexy bod. crafted for Kaylin. Kaylin and Blake, it looks like they're starting to find something. We like to call it love in The Bachelor, but it probably wasn't love. It was just <laughs> excitement, right? It's been 14 hours since Dean left. Yeah. And Kaylin is in this moment where she's in, she looks at Blake and he is safe, committed, hot, everything she wants, and he is all in. And she looks at and Dean comes back and he's like, Kaylin, I made the And he's choice. been living in his car. And he lives and in a van. And he's got long, scraggly hair. He's got a he mustache. And he says to her, I can't promise you anything. I have crazy commitment issues. And I don't know if this is even a good choice for you, but I want you back. Like, just like Ryan Howard and Kelly. And Kaylin. He's one step above no, Ryan. Dean is a good boy. I think. <laughs> a few steps above Ryan. <laughs> Me? He's a good boy. Um, <laughs> Kaylin looks at Blake and she looks at Dean and she is torn and crying and sad. And the only thing she can do is follow her heart. And she just really has to listen to her heart. She, you can't listen to the list in your head saying this guy is a green light. He's safe. And Dean is like X, Y, and Z. She just listens to her heart and, and she like goes with Dean. And I think in that moment, all of America thought to themselves, I wish I had listened to my heart in X, Y, and Z situation in my life because they knew it was a risk, but 
they everyone knew she was following her heart and mm-hmm. p.s they're still together and they're still happy and they're just traveling they're around like the world living, taking sweet instagram photos they're living a life that is not conventional and it's probably not what she ever had in mind for herself but or her parents had in mind for her but she's happy because she followed her heart okay riley dallin and i do not know how you feel about I will say one thing. It is a sign that you are willing to put your name out here, even though you're in a relationship. My girl's in the next room. Sometimes I wish she were you. I don't know if that's how you feel about your ex-boyfriend, like wishing your current boyfriend was him or like Katy Perry. Cause when I'm with him, I was thinking of you. Uh Like you don't want to be in a relationship where that's happening. If like, it's not fair to anyone involved if that's what's going on. I don't know if that's how you're feeling. If you find your heart like dreaming and wishing for ex-boyfriend, A, you you probably don't, you're probably not super into your current boyfriend and B, maybe give it a shot. I don't even know where he is. You should literally just follow your heart. I dated a guy who was everything I had ever waited for, right? Literally everything to a T. He checked literally every box and I just didn't, Like I didn't have the feels and I would hang out with him and be like, you are truly so perfect. When I broke up with him, I was like, literally, I feel stupid breaking up with you. Literally. Because you're everything I've ever wanted. I just don't feel how I want to feel. And it was kind of harsh. But so I guess if I were to be broken up with from a girl, that's how I would want to hear it. Like, I was all just right, like, well, it's I nothing want that I did. to like, <laughs> I want to love you so bad. I just, I don't have that spark and I'm trying so hard because everything about you is perfect. It was not kind probably. No, I think that that's a great way to, to get, keep it, leave him his dignity and still break up with him. And with him, I didn't have anyone to go. I, there was like no other option or anything. So anyways, um, I would just say like truly follow your heart. Like if you if if you were to like live your like imagine yourself like the old titanic woman she's lived her life thinking about her one true love it's like been 84 like years. is this ex-boyfriend gonna be that guy that you're telling your grandkids about who like stole your heart and who you've always loved secretly your whole life and it just didn't work out but oh how you wish it had and oh how you wish you had had that one chance but if he's not that guy um i like even I feel like I look back on past relationships and romanticize them. And it's just kind of like, a, I think a kind thing that your heart and mind do for you where they remember all of the good things and kind of romanticize them. I do think that that's true too. Um, so Very I, true because um, I no, I even read an article about this. It was a long, long, long time ago. Something about you always remember your first love. Or like you always has a fond place loved. in your heart because lots of endorphins and, and brain chemicals and hormones were rushing through your body when during those experiences, your first love and your brain remembers those, especially during times of stress and anxiety, your brain remembers, oh, how did I get that hit of endorphins? Like the comfort and, and the like, safety. what are the things in the past that have given me that those endorphins, that rush of good feelings, dopamine, serotonin, and what, what do I need to do to go back to that? And oftentimes it's your first love that your brain brings into your mind. Drug addicts makes, when they get stressed, 
they their brain knows that they can get those in, those feelings, those hormones with cocaine or whatever, you will start craving cocaine like crazy. Porn addicts, same okay. thing. If you get stressed, your brain tells you you got to watch porn right now. And that's and you'll get the serotonin, dopamine, adrenaline mixed together, fireworks in your brain, you'll feel so good. If you like, if you remember, if you're getting really stressed and feeling the problems in your life, your brain will also, one of the things your brain can do is, is remember the endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, serotonin overflow. One of the coolest lines from John Mayer. We're singing about his weekend, love on the weekend. I love that song. Mm -hmm. Anyways, your brain will also bring to mind all the good feelings you had with that first love of yours. And like you said in your email, Riley, maybe just remember some of the good parts. Make a list. And maybe make a little bit less of a deal of the bad parts. I hear your very brief story with him, and it seems fairly traumatic that he, like, asked you to move out. I feel like I would be mad and sad forever. Unless you wanted to move out. Like, that... I... And again... It it sounds like you didn't get closure. And now you're um, starting to finally, like talk to each other after four years no but like after years you're you guys are in different places so there's two sides they're either he's your dean you know like caitlin and dean or you are kind of growing up and like how you look back on your hometown that you grew up in or your like high school days like you kind of you feel very nostalgic and it's very romanticized um and that's a gift, I think. That's a, a beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, you had great memories, but maybe they're just kind of great memories that you can visit in your mind. And, and say, how can I create that today? And honor and enjoy, but still move forward in your life. So there's like two different options and I can't tell you what it is. I do know. So it's either Dean and Kaylin or it's kind of like your hometown. Like Dallin, I love my hometown and I loved growing up in it. Um, and then I went to college and I got married and I fantasized about moving back and I did move back and I loved it and I would have been happy there, but I remember driving the streets of it and just feeling kind of like the magic was gone and I didn't know why. And I think it's just because I grew up and because I had a life somewhere else now too, and I wasn't as connected to it, but I would just be very careful before you do anything. And I'm not saying don't do anything. I'm just saying be very careful to really like break down your feelings so that you don't kind of quote unquote go back to your hometown and realize the magic isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And maybe you have to go back to realize that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Do it. Like I have to follow my heart. I'm sorry. You know, but we can't make that decision for you. And I'm not even going to try. But follow your heart and like if you're married to this person, I would say like to your current person, I don't think you're married right now. You're just, you just said you're in a new relationship and you're content. But if you're not married to them, like, I mean, do what you got to do to be happy and feel good in your heart. But also don't make any rash decisions because you said this is messing with your mind. I would say the reverse. Your mind can mess with you. I would say like try to separate yourself from your mind a little bit. And focus on how you're actually feeling presently in the moment and what you want to feel fully fulfilled. And I will. because your mind is just a is just a pleasure seeking machine and it wants to feel good and it doesn't want to feel bad. The times where I have had the like messing with my mind situations have usually been the times where I feel like 
maybe the universe is telling me to do something or I should be doing something or people want me to do something that deep down I don't want to do. The times like, for example, when like Dallin dumped me and then he, I was in like multiple dating situations. Like I had many options and I, and I could either like keep dating all of them or I could dump them and go with Dallin. And it was the, like the truly the easiest decision I've ever made because it was just so like the thing my heart wanted. So I wonder if maybe you feel like guilt, like you feel like he misses you and you had a good thing and you should go back because that's the right thing to do, but really you don't want to. So it's messing with your brain because you feel like there's this thing you should do versus this thing you want to do, or maybe it's the opposite around. Maybe you feel like you should be in this new relationship, but you want to go back. Usually when you, for me, when I'm trying to like push myself in a direction that I don't necessarily want to go is when it messes with my mind. But when, so I wonder if maybe that's what's happening too. Mm -hmm. Maybe you feel like you should do something that you don't necessarily want to do. Yeah. So I would say take care of yourself, put yourself first and take care of your own needs and keep yourself like keep your body and your mind and your spirit in accordance with natural law, like being healthy, get enough sleep, get exercise and managing your stress in healthy ways so that you can think clearly about these things and, and your brain rush. doesn't, your brain doesn't kick into like your, like your amygdala or like the, the fight or flight section of your brain doesn't take over and say, like, I need to just do something to relieve all this stress, you know, take care of yourself. And then I think you'll naturally break up with somebody you're not supposed to be with if you're taking care of yourself and you're loving yourself and putting yourself first. Because when you take care of yourself and put yourself first, you're able to give freely from a place of abundance rather than from a place of, of emptiness and just doing what you feel like you need or should do. And like one more thing, we're not talking about like a quick six month relationship. You are with this guy for years for most of your high school and then for most of your college so it's not it's almost like this breakup was a divorce like it's well and your best friends like there's going to be doubt there's going to be pain it's going to be so much harder to move on from a relationship like that versus mm -hmm. a more casual relationship like that like Dallin and I's relationship was much more casual than that mm -hmm. like we had never been intimate with each we other only known each other we had only known each other for Less than that. Like we knew of each months. other first. Yeah. So it was like, I talk about it like it was this huge thing, but it wasn't anything compared to what you're going through with this ex. Yeah. But also you, like you said, you were really young and maybe you've both grown up and kind of become different people since then. I know I'm way different than I was, than the person I was in high school. I feel like I finally starting to understand who I am now as I approach 30. I know. 30 like. is a great year. 30 is a good year. I think everybody should get married after they're 30 personally. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. I, I mean. me. Okay, unless your spouse is really ready to go on a wild ride with you as you come to find each other. It's hard. It's like Jesus hard. started preaching when he was thirty-one, right? I don't know. Pretty sure it was he was in his thirties. Anyways, um, hope that helps. <laughs> that helps it's just right a late. lot of food for thought. We love you. Okay, follow your heart. That's all we can say. Stay tuned for more Taking Sides, the Marriage Podcast. All right, Ash, this next one is a bit of a doozy, so we're going to do a weird food thing first. 
Hey Dashleys, this is Brigham. I like to put Cheerios and milk in a bowl with applesauce and honey on top. Is this a two-year-old with a keyboard? What is happening here? What did I just read? (laughs) Just George, you send us this email with Um, the surname of Brigham. This sounds like what James makes for herself every morning. (laughs) My wife has never heard of this before and thinks it's funny. My dad showed it to me when I was little and now it's one of my favorite breakfasts. Cheerios. Oh, so it's okay. Cheerios For and some milk. reason, I read that as Cheetos. Oh, okay. No. It's, it's early che- in the it's morning. Like I'm sorry. Cereal. I thought that you said Cheetos. Okay, you said Cheerios and milk in a bowl. That was my brain. Playing normal tricks cereal on me. with this honey. This is normaler than I thought. Cheerios with applesauce. applesauce and honey. Okay, that sounds pretty good. Actually, I would eat. I that. wouldn't. It do is it. a little weird, but I can see how that would be a yummy breakfast. It's kind of like a wet breakfast. I like separation like in all a, things. When like it comes a breakfast to food. bar. But I will like say... Like a granola bar that's with yes. milk. In baking, applesauce is used all the time as a sweetener. So it's essentially like you're using two sweeteners, honey and applesauce. It's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to be bad. It's just a little bit more soupy of a cereal conglomerate. Conglomerate. That, that most people... Soggy. ...have had. Soggy. P.S. Thank you for making vlogs and podcasts. My wife and I love them. It gets us excited to start a family of our own. Well, thanks, Brigham. That was really nice. And uh, I'm sorry, I, we, I you judge you as of, I judge you as not that weird. <laughs> and it's just funny that I read that as Cheetos. I don't know why, but you are not weird. It's just Cheerios. Little mushy of a cereal for me, but I would still eat it. All right. This next one is called Please Help. I just found out my husband has a porn addiction. This is a this is a doozy. And I think it's more of a doozy than ever in 2020 here. Because just of how easily accessible it is, freaking Netflix has ridiculous pornographic shows right there, right when you open it, and it's nuts. And so it's something that you need to like be serious about. I'm gonna let you take this one over because you kind of know more about this than me. It's just yeah, not like you have a porn addiction. You've just I've studied it and cared a lot about it, and I've dealt with. I like. I'm a man. And I deal with like normal things, and I've something that I want to take seriously because I know that porn is a drug. Yeah. And so, like, bodies yeah, I've studied, are beautiful. Bodies are so beautiful. Let's just, yeah. And we have. I have a lot to unpack even before we. We're already unpacking. We say, haven't even um, read it yet. As like a mother to children, and as someone who was a little bit sheltered from all of this growing up probably not to a fault probably i think it might have been a good thing um there's a a instagram i follow called the marriage laboratory and she has a really good saved, yeah you say this first this is good stuff she has a really good saved story on like how to talk about pornography with your kids and how to talk about modesty or the lack thereof with your kid how to like talk about good pictures versus bad pictures um, like what is pornography and what isn't like a girl with her shoulders showing is not pornography or a beautiful portrait of David is not pornography. Kind of like going through like what is pornography and what is not to not shame, especially women, not shame their bodies and to not shame men and boys for their natural thoughts. Um, it, was, it was really good. So if you want to, if you're kind of like me and you're like, I don't know where to start with that one. Uh-huh. The Marriage Laboratory is an Instagram page that has really good saved stories on that. And she's just really, I really, really like good. that one too. Yeah. Distinguishes between the beauty of the human body and pornography, which is strictly um, intended to arouse 
yeah, sexual, sexual feelings. feelings in you. Right. Beautiful like art and sculptures are not intended to do that. And the human body is a beautiful thing. So like separating those two is good. Okay, dear Dallin and Ashley, please don't use my name. I'm completely heartbroken and embarrassed and I don't know what to do. Let me start off by saying my husband and I have been together for eight years and married for three with a two-year-old daughter and another baby on the way due in less than two months, so emotions are running high. My husband and I were having a great night laughing and talking, being open and honest with with each other. His phone went off and I just naturally grabbed it to see what the notification was. We're very open about that. He got super weird about me checking it, which didn't sit right with me since we've never had an issue with the other one looking at our phones. So later that night, when he took our daughter to bed, I did some digging through it to discover that he was subscribed to dozens of pages of nothing but pictures of naked women on an app called iFunny, which he uses all the time. And I was under the impression it was just an app for funny pictures and things like that. I immediately felt betrayed, but wanted to talk to him before jumping to the worst case. I go to get him out of our daughter's room and confront him with it. And he tells me this is something he's had a problem with for years since before we've met and he hasn't stopped and he feels sorry and recognizes he needs help. I feel absolutely disgusted and like I am not good enough for him that I have never been if he's needed the porn since we've known each other. These are all natural feelings to feel by the way. I told him I want to go to therapy but beyond that I have no idea what to do. I feel like my whole relationship has fallen apart that I cannot trust him at all. I feel so betrayed and hurt and just like I'm not good enough I've struggled with self-worth over for these years and this is a problem he knows about and has known about since before we got married and to find this and then to find out it's been happening my entire relationship makes me feel absolutely worthless like I'm unattractive to him and can't satisfy him that he felt the need to do this behind my back man that's so sad and so normal to feel all of those things I feel like my relationship will never be the same and the last eight years of my life has just been this huge lie I don't know how to begin to forgive him I just need some advice because I'm at such a loss and what I should do to begin building our relationship back to where it was. Thank you. Um, I Man. this when, as I was listening to this, I was reminded of Kevin Hart's documentary about when he cheated on his wife while she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and just how he felt and and just how it was so hard at home and and just the things that led up to that happening and the feelings that his wife felt. You should go watch the Kevin Hart documentary. If you want to, if you want to have some empathetic things said about how you feel. If so, like Dallin and I have never gone through this. Um, what we have gone through therapy helped so much. And for you guys, I would say you need your own therapist. That is your person. And it can, maybe it can be the same person, but you need to meet by yourself, I think. And he needs to meet by himself and you also need to meet together. I sound like all of your feelings are valid and real and painful and sad. And I would also say probably he has a lot of the same feelings. Like what's wrong with me? Why do I need to do this? Why, why can't I control myself? Like, I don't want to do this. I have a wife and a daughter. I don't, I'm just assuming he might have these same feelings too. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he's a monster. Like you have known him. And no, you... like nine out of 10 men or like six out of 10 men. I think it's closer to nine now. I have don't struggled think... with this because it's so hard. Our brains are wired to have rushes of hormones when we see what pornography is. That's how our brains are wired. 
and the people who make the pornography know that and that's why it's in movies that's why it's on covers of movies because you get that little rush of of those feel-good endorphins in your brain when you see that and it makes you want to buy that product or watch that movie or keep watching that movie game of thrones freak you wonder why that had so much success i've in large part is because your brain knows it's going to get a little hit of endorphins because there's a giant sex scene in every episode, you know? Um, And I mean, it's probably also a good show too, but it just makes me sick that people exploit what our natural hormones are to make money. And the pornography industry is rampant with that. And it sex and it, and it objectifies women and it's usually male centric and it is a drug. It's literally a drug. It does the exact same things that, that cocaine does to your brain. And your brain knows that whenever it's the least bit stressed, it can get a huge release and feel a lot better the easiest way possible. And once you real, once it learns, once your brain learns, notice I'm not saying the human, once the person learns, because I'm separating the behavior from the person. Once the brain learns that it can get that rush of feel-good hormones by just opening up your phone real quick and going to this app, it's going to it's gonna just want that and you'll get these compulsive cravings to just go do that. And the more that your brain learns that it can get that, the deeper you get into addiction. And then with pornography, there's so much shame built into it as well. That's why he's been hiding it from you. Not because like just because he knows that there's he's feels so ashamed about it that you would obviously be shattered like you were when you found out instead of just being open about it and talking about it. He felt the need to hide it from you. And he has felt so much secret shame, toxic shame for your whole marriage i'm sure and it's something that he needs definitely needs help with because it's just a drug and it's something that you do it's like like a drug it's not like it becomes where it's a compulsive thing that you literally can't control just like just like an addict has to go rob a store or steal from their loved ones so that they can get another hit of a drug because your brain literally takes over and you crave it i hope that you can um as much as this hurts you which is so so normal to feel that way. I hope that you can do your best to not take it personally and just love him and but but get help because this is not acceptable in a marriage and uh, one where you expect to have like absolute trust and commitment there and you should expect nothing less. And I hope that you get the help you need, the support you need to recognize that it's not your fault. It's just literally an addiction that he has like any other drug. And so hopefully that can help you feel a little bit better to not take it personally. It's because it started before you were even together, according to him. So that's like somebody were addicted to a drug before they got in a relationship. You obviously didn't give him the the drug. The hard thing's like, I get what she's saying. She feels like everything's been a lie and fake and not what she thought it was. And I mean, it wasn't what she thought it was, but I think people are complicated and people are capable of having incredible goodness in them and also flaws at the same time. Um, I think perfect people don't exist and amazing people make mistakes or do things that they don't want to do. I think pornography is a hard thing. I don't know a lot about it, but I know some people are more chill about it and some people are not chill about it. And I think religion, high demand religions definitely build in a lot of shame into it. And it doesn't, I don't think there's, I mean, personally, I don't like pornography, but I don't, it's like, I just want to say like, he knew when he married you probably that you were not a fan of pornography. And he knew when he was married to you 
that he was hiding it to you because he knew it would hurt you. And he probably thought marrying you would help him help cure him of no, it because saying, like, he could now have sex with a real beautiful woman instead of have to go get those fake rushes hope- from like porn instead of the real thing. I'm just saying like you are not overreacting like in your personal marriage contract with him. I'm guessing pornography was a thing that you guys were committed to not doing. So it's hurtful. And it was probably unspoken. So it's, I know, but it doesn't, I don't think it needs to be spoken sometimes. I think you probably know if you're in a marriage where pornography is not something that's accepted. Um, so it, it, it has, it's, this is hurtful to you and this is real to you. Um, but I don't think that your whole relationship with him is a lie or a joke or fake. I think he loves you. And I think he loves your daughter and I think he respects women and I think he's a good person, but I think he has a, a very, problem. A very real drug addiction. And I think you we, can go to fight the new drug.org and they will give you a lot of very helpful information that will hopefully help you get to a place of feeling bad for him and wanting to help him rather than taking this so personally. I think um, we idealize people and assume that, They are only goodness and perfection and like to be a great person, you have to be nearly perfect. You know, like we think of our founding fathers and our spiritual leaders and, and these people and our politicians, we, we hope and idealize that they're perfect. And when they're not, we reject them immediately. We do this with like Instagrammers and YouTubers and friends. Um, I don't think we should. I think what you guys have is a committed marriage and just as much as like he's committed to you you're committed to him in sickness and in health in good times and bad for richer for poorer and he deserves a chance to like work on this and make things right and be honest with you i don't i think this is something that could lead to ruining a marriage and ending a marriage but i don't think it's a a one and done thing like oh i found out and now we're over I think it's, yeah. oh, I found out. Your reaction probably has to do with all the things that you've heard about porn too. And so like, many of them are probably true, but just because he has... I'm not advocating for just totally normalizing watching porn, by oh, the I way. Know. I'm just saying like he broke a promise to you. Like that's kind of how it feels, right? But just because he broke a promise to you, I don't think that lets you off the hook. In At least in my mind and my ideas of marriage to like drop all promises you've made to him like he he needs he you can be his strong person now and give him like as many chances as you're willing to give him and and be committed to him and i think that will show him so much like i think he's probably been hiding it from you for so long and feeling so bad about it for so long thinking it would be over and by the way this is so normal so common so many men are struggling with this today it is wired in our brains. Men are visual creatures. We're visually stimulated. And it is so, it's thrown at us. It just sounds like Netflix, you... Hulu, yeah. Amazon Prime, and just commercials and very popular shows. Like I said, Game of Thrones. And just, it's thrown at us. And it is so hard. Our brains are wired to be attracted to it. We're made that way. And so it is so easy to slip into an addiction. And then when when shame, it's compounded with shame and guilt and fear 
then um, you get a huge adrenaline rush when you see it too because it's something so forbidden. And adrenaline mixed with these feel-good hormones creates like a fireworks show in your brain and it's, and it's crazy and it is so addictive. I, and it is so hard and I just hope that you can see this from a place of wanting to help him. I'm not, not tolerating it but also wanting to help him, not, not taking it so personally that you said so many, so many things that were hurtful to you which are all valid and real, but I hope that you can work through those and see that it's not because of anything that you did. Like, it's not your fault. I, I swear the statistic is like seven out of 10 men. I'm sure it's like closer to eight or nine now struggled with an addiction to pornography. Like it's so, and I think it's like six or seven out of 10 women. Right. I mean, honor your feelings. There's like two victims in this situation. It's not just him and it's not just you and seek help. I only am kind of like, leaning this way because it sounds like in your letter that you still like that you love him and that you want your family to stay how your family yeah and you obviously have some really strong feelings about porn as you should but just don't think that it's that don't think that all is lost either there is hope and definitely get a personal therapist it'd be awesome if you had a a couple's therapist and it's just gonna be so hard for him because he feels so much shame around this to open up but once he does he's gonna feel so good so good when he just opens up and talks about it because he's going to realize that it doesn't have to have so much power over him he's just going to be like oh i'm bigger than this i don't have to resort to this to get like to relieve my stress and i am bigger than this and it's just like this doesn't have to control my life it's not something i have to feel so much shame about and he's going to feel so good and and as he starts getting work and help with this you're going to see a new man who is lighthearted and happier than he's ever been. And it's going to be so great for you. And I'm just, I like, obviously you can't feel this way now, but I am personally glad for you that this is now out in the open because it's the first step is bringing it out in the open. Yeah. It's just, it's like, I just, it feels heavy and hard. You kind of have to decide how much you're, how in you are. Um, And it's also a good sign that he feels, I mean, it's sad, but it's also good that he's feeling shame and remorse for it instead of saying rude or less empathetic things like, it's not a big deal. What? Uh," You know? Yeah. It's a good sign that he's, Um, that he recognizes that he doesn't want to be doing this. I would just go into this next phase of your marriage, like have a conversation and be like, I am going to be completely honest and truthful with you about what I'm feeling as we go through this healing process. And I want you to be, and like, just don't bury anything. I, I feel like I would have the tendency to bury things and be like, oh, he's working so hard. He's trying so hard. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't still feel this way. I shouldn't still feel hurt or betrayed. I would say just don't bury anything and be very open and, and ask that he not be defensive and you try not to be defensive and just try and be very open about feelings you're going through surrounding this when you bring it out into the open it takes away the buzz of watching like watching pornography when he brings it out in the open like now that he knows you now that he knows you know like if he were able to get to the point where he's saying where he's able to say to you like i'm feeling intense cravings right now to watch it and you were able to be his ally and his partner like hey i love you what can we do together to can we go on a walk together can we do some can we do, can we work out together? Can we go on a drive as a family? Like, can, do you, like, what can I do to help, help you look, kind of regulate your own 
like like your own um emotions and your stress levels to not need these huge to kind of get through these huge cravings you know because it's a real addiction like drugs yeah it's a drug and i just i i pray for you guys that you uh i know that there's hope for you and that there that you still have a bright future together and uh as long as you know he gets the help that he needs and you get the help that you need for your own mental health and taking care of yourselves and all is not lost yeah uh, it's heavy and it might it'll probably take years i would maybe if it not, does though. it's worth it and if it does oh no i i totally agree it's just a heavy place to start yeah but i'm just glad that it's out in the open now because that's the first step and um and just like love him have lots of hope so for you much guys. that you want to help him and you want i would just enter this with love as as hard as it is and as big a blow it's taken to you please do your best not take it personally, although it's so natural and normal to take it personally. Just see it as, as an addiction that he is struggling with that has nothing to do with you because it's a very powerful thing that a horrible industry is exploiting the base human hormones to make money. And it's so sad. And uh, and yeah, so I would, do, I would find it in your heart to a place where you can feel bad and, and empathetic towards him and just want to help him because you love him. Okay. Thanks you guys so much for listening and joining us. Go and start or join a conversation on Taking Sides Facebook group. And uh, especially if you can help out our dear friend here, who um, Riley or this other person who obviously wants to remain anonymous and with, with their experiences with having feelings for an ex or dealing with a, with a significant other with a pornography addiction. Okay. Thanks you guys.